What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the Hyperfast Wealth Show, we've got an amazing guest. He built a huge company then had to start all over and did it through real estate. And now he has a wholesaling business in multiple real estate markets and is teaching others how to do it. Welcome to the show, Kent Clothier. Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. All right, welcome to the show, Kent. How are you doing today? Good. How about you, brother? Glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. I am uh, super excited. I know you've got a ton of cool things and uh, a really great story to share with our listeners today. So uh, why don't we just dive into a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today real quick. Yeah, I've got kind of a little bit of a storied background, that's for sure. I, I, I got into business at a really young age with my father about uh, a little over 30 years ago uh, and in the grocery industry. And um, when I was 17, we started an arbitrage business where we were buying and selling groceries, effectively flipping truckloads of groceries. We would buy them out of one market where we could find them at a discount and turn around, put it on a truck and ship it to another part of the country where the manufacturer wasn't selling it at a discount. And that little business, by the time I was 23, I was running a $45, $50 million a year company. By the time I was 28, we'd been bought by a much larger competitor. And suddenly I got moved from Memphis, Tennessee to Boca Raton, Florida, and effectively thrown the keys of an $800 million a year company and said, go run it. And so, um, yeah, from uh, from that time until I was 30, uh, ultimately built a company uh, with the help of a lot of other people, up to $1.8 billion a year, seventh largest privately held company in the state of Florida. Big, big company, still exists today. And then as fate would have it, I, I got uh, in a huff one day, got wound up, got a little um, into a squabble with uh, my business partners there, walked out of there at 30 years old, kind of uh, pissed off at the world and Decided I was going to go do do it all over again, but I was going to do it on my terms and never have partners again. And it only took me exactly 22 months to lose every single thing I'd ever earned, losing millions of dollars, every relationship, you know, everything I knew about business and industry. I'd never even gone to college, so I had no experience, you know, or none, nothing to fall back on as a degree or anything. And I've been so niched out in this really, really unique industry that I just didn't know anything else. So yeah, that was a pretty Pretty challenging time, uh, but ultimately it led me to real estate. And you know, I'm the product of one of those late night infomercials that we've all seen, where you just kind of go and uh, I went for it. And some, you know, I saw the guy on there talking about how I could go flip houses with no money and no credit, no experience. And I went down to a uh, an event in West Palm Beach, Florida, downtown at the Embassy Suites, and quite frankly, it changed my life. I mean. Not in that moment, but I definitely made an investment into a course and uh, a strategy that I knew nothing about, which is wholesaling, and quickly latched on and figured out the, how to go and do it, do it well, basically 
flipped about 90 houses in my first 18 months, made a little over a million dollars. And suddenly I was kind of back and I was excited about life again. And I could go do something after, like I said, the hell I just went been through. You know, and then fast forward a few years, I got really smart and started using everything I learned in my previous business, turned it into a business uh, versus a hustle, which a lot of people do in real estate, especially in real estate investing. And, you know, before you know it, we were flipping hundreds of properties a year. And then ultimately that turned into almost a thousand a year and a big investment company now that's now, like I said, almost flipping a thousand houses a year sitting out of Memphis, Tennessee. And it ultimately led me to my passion, which is uh, showing other people how to do the exact same thing. So for the last, I guess, almost 14 years, I've been showing other people what I do, how we do it, and giving them all the tools to make it happen, which is a company I own called Real Estate Worldwide. And we've now helped a little over 60,000 people to get involved in real estate. And so uh, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Not only do I sit there and buy and sell houses and we work on that side of the business, but I get the opportunity to help a lot of other people to do the exact same thing. And they don't want to do it actively. They don't want to be involved in it. You know, they can just do business with us and we'll sell them houses. But if they want to, uh, if they want to, you know, get in it and actually create a business and create an income, we got all the tools to show them how to do it. What, what markets are you wholesaling in right now? Florida, Tennessee, all over. Nope. I live in the, I live in La Jolla, California, but we are, our operations are based in Memphis, Tennessee. So we do Memphis, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. We also do Tulsa, Oklahoma city, St. Louis, and then Memphis, Tennessee, obviously. And then we have wholesaling operations that are based in Phoenix. And then we do some in Austin and do some in Atlanta. So you've, you've got a pretty wide variety of, of markets you're in. Is there a, a certain kind of niche within those markets that you're looking for or price point or, you know, like- Well, we've kind of run two typical, different operations. What's your typical deal? Yeah, so we're running two different operations. One operation is is has evolved into what we call our turnkey business. And that turnkey business is called REI Nation. And that business specializes in one thing. It goes out and tries to create cash-flowing properties, single-family homes for entrepreneurs, you know, who just don't have time to go do it, right? A lot of people want to be in real estate, but they don't want to go through the pain of real estate. And so there's a huge, huge need, a huge capacity of people who have money sitting in a self-directed IRA or sitting in some retirement account or just cash sitting in the bank. And they have, they have resources, but they have no idea on how to deploy it. And they have no idea how to go and get involved in real estate. They know that all the wealth is created in real estate, but they don't really have a, a real good uh, linear way to make that happen. And so what we do over there is that we go and buy houses and ultimately try to sell them somewhere, you know, our bread and butter in these markets is somewhere like the $120,000, $150,000 range. And then we're going to, uh, all those, by the time we flip it to an investor, we've already put a renter in there. We've already completely rehabbed the house. It's now the most beautiful house on the street. There's somebody in there that has a two-year lease now. Uh, most of our tenants actually stay for up to five years, between four and five years. And then uh, we turn around and actually manage that property for them. So although they own it, we've done all the work, we've done everything, you know, and then they will turn around and manage. So we manage, you know, between 6,500 and 7,000 houses right now for our investors. So that is that business, right? Our wholesaling operation is pretty agnostic, right? We are just looking for really hot markets. We're looking for markets where cash buyers are expressing by, by their buying activity that they have a large appetite and they want to buy a lot of deals. And from our standpoint, when you have a 
customer that wants to buy a, a lot of product and you have the ability to go get that product that product under contract and turn around and quickly flip it to them, that's a good market, right? We're looking for demand. And there's a lot of markets right now, you know, as we're as we're recording this, there's a lot of markets that are, you know, hot and heavy. That, that, uh, cash buyers are moving in and they're moving in very, very quickly, bringing billions and billions of dollars. And then on the other side of it, you have a lot of distressed homeowners that are, you know, they're facing some, some form of, of uh, not, a, not a very pleasant reality right now. And so being able to help them get out of that house quickly, get cash in their pocket, and then easily make that connection to another, you know, to a cash buyer that wants to effectively take over our contract. That's a good business. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're effectively uh, back, back where you started in the, in the grocery business. Oh no, that's exactly what it is. That, 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 that philosophy, which we call reverse wholesaling is exactly how we built the grocery industry to what, what we did. Right. You play a game that nobody else is playing. I will tell you that 90, definitely over 90%, but we'll call it between 95 and a hundred percent of wholesalers out there. Well, traditional wholesalers, traditional real estate people, they start with the house, meaning that they go out and they're hunting and looking and pecking and marketing, trying to find a quote unquote deal. And if they can find it, then they're somehow believe that they have, they cross their fingers and hope real hard that somehow a magically a, a buyer is going to appear out of nowhere. And Quite frankly, I'm of the opinion that a lot of people that have a lot more, it could be a, they could do a lot better than they're doing. I've just gotten fat and lazy over the last few years, right? They just haven't figured out that what really drives any market, specifically what drives a business, is your customer. And so, if you start with the end in mind, and I understand at a deep, deep level exactly, and not just me, my family as well, we understand exactly what our customers want. We know exactly what they want. We know how much money they have to spend. We know the type of property they want. We know the return they're looking for, the neighborhoods they want to be in, how many bedrooms, how many baths, square footage, what the rent rates are. We know it all. And by knowing that, it makes our job infinitely easier because the only thing I'm interested in creating is that opportunity. There is no hope in our business, right? Hope is not a strategy. We understand fundamentally what we're creating. And quite frankly, most people that would do themselves a real big service if they did the same thing. If they would start and understand that if you want to turn it into a business and not a hustle, you got to start with the end in mind and you got to understand exactly what the customer wants and just focus on creating that. Be in the relationship business, not the transaction business. Yeah, so you're 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 making sure that the demand is there, that that you have the exit strategy almost like lined up to a T before you go out and, and get your deals under contract. Yeah. I mean, here's the way, here's the best analogy I could, I could give you, right? Think of it like this. We have, we have examples of this in our world every single day. You know, Amazon is now, Amazon has millions and millions of retailers on their selling products every day. Right. So Amazon has an access to just an enormous amount of data. Now, not one of us would ever think that it's a bad idea of what Amazon actually does strategically. We think it's kind of smart. What they do is they look at all that data and say, man, everybody's buying this iPhone charger, right? Whatever it is. We've sold 25 million of these chargers in the last 60 days. Why don't we just go create it? Why don't we just go and take that business over, right? Why don't we just go and 
create the exact product that everybody wants. We know exactly what price point everybody wants to pay for it. We know where it wants to ship. We know where all the customers are. Why don't we just create that? Because then that gives us the best chance of doing business. If you look at it in real estate, every one of us have had that experience where we're driving down the highway or we're driving out in the middle of nowhere. And we see these huge retail centers going out, going up, right? There's this massive Walmart or massive Sam's Club or Home Depot or Lowe's. And it feels like it's just out in the middle of nowhere when we see it. And then you come back three, four, five years later and what's happened? All kinds of retails out there. Now there's apartments, now there's neighborhoods. You know, that's not chance. What has happened is those big retailers who have billions of dollars uh, fundamentally understand what the growth pattern is happening for a city for an for, and they work with city planners and they work with building and zoning. And they, they're putting themselves in the perfect position to win, period, right? There is no risk there. It looks like risk to us because it looks like a, you know, a cow pasture, but it's not long before it's no longer a cow pasture. Um, right. And this is the same thing. I'm not saying that I necessarily am going to flip a house to those cash buyers, but I sure as heck don't want to waste my time going and putting a property under contract and not give myself the best opportunity. If I know everybody's buying in this neighborhood, I know all my customers are telling me they want to buy in this neighborhood, then I would be a fool not to go and create deals in that neighborhood. Yeah, no, that that, that makes sense. And, and what I like about it too is then you've got the second arm or operation of your business where you know, if you find a great deal and maybe you don't exactly have the buyer or you just really like it yourself, then, you know, you can, you can put a renter hundred percent in there and, and, you know, take it, yeah. take it to this other arm of your business. Yeah. Do whatever, do whatever you want. You know, you're in the right place. That's the bottom line, right? I know I'm in the best position to win and therefore it makes me smarter than most of my mediocre competition. What were the keys you think from, you know, you, you went to the, the course or the session in West Palm Beach, learned about wholesaling, went out and started doing it for yourself. How did you make the transition from being highly successful and, and being in a position where, you, you know, you were self-employed, basically had your own job, you were the one doing it, to now creating this massive business where, you know, you're, you're probably not, don't have to be involved you know, in the um, I learned, look, I was highly motivated, right? So, you know, a little bit more about that story. When I went and built the big grocery company, I did it at the expense of everything that really mattered. Meaning, uh, I knew I had a really good example in my life of what, uh, of the good and the bad of scale. And so the good is that we were doing hundreds and hundreds of, uh, of millions of dollars every year. Everybody was making a ton of money. Things were, you know, very, very successful, right? The bad was, is that I had done it at the expense of my family and my friends and everything that really, you know, actually mattered in life. So when it all melted to the ground for me personally, you know, suddenly I, I'm sitting here divorced. My young son doesn't know me. I was the guy that got to the office at 5 a.m., did not leave until 8 o'clock. You were never going to beat me there, and I, you, I was never going to be the, would not be the last one leaving. I, I was the guy that wore that as a badge of honor, like a complete douchebag. And that's just the way it was. And um, I wish I wasn't that way, but but luckily I was young enough in my career that I could do something about it. So when I had the second chance, I knew I wanted to scale because I knew what it could bring to my life. But I also knew that I didn't want to scale. I wanted to scale 
because of my family, not in spite of my family. So in other words, my motivation was now here I am newly married. I have a new little girl coming on the way and I'm highly motivated to spend as much time with them as I possibly can. And I know that would be impossible if I stayed in the hustle. As, you know, it's real easy to figure out if, if you're a hustler or not. It's real easy to figure out if you own a business or not. Just stop. Just stop, right? And if the money stops, you own a job, baby. Um, that's it. And But if the money keeps going, and in fact, if there's more money in your bank account than when you stopped, then uh, you probably own a business, which means you're on the right path. And so I just became extremely dedicated to firing myself as often as I possibly could, getting myself out of every uh, mundane task that I could that is necessary for the business to function. It's just not necessary for me to do it. Right? And my motivation was time. Hey, that's a great thought. But let me get to this question that I just got from one of my followers uh, right to my phone. Uh, by the way, did you know you can text me at 703-215-1684? This is a new thing I've rolled out. I'm letting my listeners and uh, people that subscribe and follow me on social media connect with me directly to my phone on text message. It's me answering them and, and responding. You can ask me anything about real estate, investing, business, whatever. Just text 703-215-1684 and I will respond to you. What, what do you think holds most entrepreneurs back from getting there? Because I, I feel like a lot, you know, a lot of the people I see work really hard and just they don't well, understand. They, they don't get. They don't get to this scaling point. That, yeah, they don't understand the value of what they're trying to do. They're putting a much higher value on money than they are on time. Right. If you put a high value on your time and you really want what you know, there's not a single. I, I've literally worked with tens of thousands of entrepreneurs over the years, and so I would have to be a moron not to not to notice the patterns. And most people uh, in that scenario they're still busy chasing money. And they're so afraid of the losing of the money rather than being so focused on the gaining of the freedom. Right? So the freedom, the options, the time, the, all the moments that, you're going, that you get with your family, all, the, you know, all of the things that really matter in life are right on the other side of you figuring out how to compress time, use leverage. If you don't do that, then what happens is you, are, you have just sacrificed the only real currency that you actually have. See, what most people don't understand is you think this is about money, but I promise you, as sure as we're sitting here talking today, when you are on your deathbed, the last thing you're going to wish you had more of was money. And you are almost guaranteed that the last thing or that the one thing that you will be wishing you had more of was time. And that's just true, right? And fundamentally, we, we have a responsibility. And I believe this. I mean, it's why it's the sign behind me. I mean, it's tattooed on my arm. It's a bracelet on my, I mean, I believe this. Time is your only currency. You think this is about money. It is just not. It is about time. So getting to a place where you get to spend time the way you want to spend it, enjoying the life that you think that you think you deserve, creating the opportunities and enjoying the moments that you, you know, are entitled to and, and should go after, that requires one thing. 
It requires you creating systems and businesses and processes that allow you to get more out of the day, not less, right? Go be so focused on time. How do I create something? You know, I, I, was, I, I do a lot of coaching. I was coaching the guy last night where we were talking about this very topic. And um, he was talking to me about, you know, a, this is a really successful guy. And he had, a, without even realizing, he had backed himself into a corner to where all of his businesses counted on him. Uh, he's the CEO, but he's the CEO that is, you know, the main logjam in the middle, right? Um, every single business at some level reports directly to him and hinges on decisions he's making every single day. That is not freedom. That's not passive income. That's not getting to enjoy your time. At the same breath, he's, you know, he's complaining to me that he doesn't have enough time with his kids. And my comment to him is, well, you created this. You, you know, you are a product of your own decisions. You are sitting there, you're hiring people and everything, but you're still making all the decisions run through you, right? So there's levels to this game. Getting people, understanding that what you're really after, crystal clear, exactly like the business I talked to you about before, all these businesses, is I start with the end in mind. What do you actually want? What do you want to spend your day doing? And then you work backwards from there to create that. You don't deviate. Um, if you want to spend, you know, you want to go coach your kids soccer, you want to travel around the world, you want to be able to have nice vacations, you want to, be able to, you know, whatever it is you want, then you create the business that does that uh, without, with as little time invested in it as you can possibly get away with. That's freedom. Anything that's that's that? uh, almost kind of circles back to your, your wholesaling philosophy, right? Like start with the end in mind. 100%. I have no interest uh, in wasting a single moment. I would rather just know what the outcome is going to be and back into it, period. And I, and I use it in my business. I use it in, you know, in everything I do. I don't, I don't believe in taking unnecessary risk. I want to understand exactly. I don't want to waste one minute. I don't want to waste one action. I don't want to waste one emotion. I want to go after exactly what I want and get there as fast as humanly possible. You know, uh, I was raised in the South, and one of the Southern sayings that I still love to this day is, you know, uh, give me the baby, don't give me the labor, right? <laughs> get, get me to the end result. I don't want to go through all the pain. Just show me how to get there, right? Get me the end result. And that is exactly what, what life to me is designed to do. I want all the good stuff. I want to enjoy all the good stuff. I don't want to have to go through you know, this, this BS that we're taught, go to work for somebody else for 45 years and then get a little gold watch and a pat on the butt as you go out the door. I don't want any part of that, right? I want, I want to live right now, today. How do I get that? And I think if you, when you have those really hard conversations like that, then scaling a business or hiring people, making those mental shifts, it's all mental. It's just in your head. It has to be a bigger deal for you to have freedom than it is for you to let go of some short dollar. Because in the end, you're going to make a hell of a lot more money, period. That's just a fact. But you're going to have to go through a little bit of pain to get there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think a lot of people, whether it's their first hire or 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 their their 10th or whatever point they're stuck at, right? They're they're more focused on the now money instead of what would happen if I invested a little bit of time and money right now to, right. to recruit, hire, train, build some systems, you know, because, because initially less like, you know, if I, but, it, but it's not going to last long. It's like, you know, 
Well, you know, and here and here's the good news. Here's the good news. It's literally never been easier than right now to train somebody. I mean, think about it. You and I are recording a podcast right now. In the normal course of a business, you could effectively be training me or I could be training you right now, right? I mean, between, so this could easily, if if this was inside of my business, your business, this could be turned into a training video like this, right? I'm walking around with a video camera in my pocket 24 hours a day. Uh, so if I go and look at a house or go on a listing appointment or go, uh, you know, on a uh, to go on an acquisition appointment or a dispositions conversation, the, the technology today to refor- record a phone call, record a video, record a, a Zoom call, it's literally at our fingertips. Everything becomes training. And then you take those training videos and you load them into a private YouTube channel that you share with your team and you are creating a library of training it, that lives in perpetuity you know the big the big rub is that oh i don't want to train somebody and then they leave and i have to train again okay well if you do this guess what happens you get to train again you just created an asset you never have to sit down with anybody else again you got it all right here yeah i i agree i mean between zoom becoming more normal and, and and distance you know virtual training the recordings uh, and, and the labor pool is expanded, right? There's more yeah. people. More people need a job, right? Like it's right, right now than they did a year ago. So it's it's not just about you know what what you're going to build for yourself. It's it's about helping people that that need it right now. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. What what's been the the biggest challenge for you in in you know the growth and scaling of of your real estate business? the biggest challenge that's a that's a tough question i don't know i mean we've all probably expanding too quickly into new markets that would probably be the that probably be the single biggest challenge as we go into new markets every market has a little bit of a different look and feel and flavor right understanding fundamentally at at an actual house by house neighborhood by neighborhood um level right is is a little challenging as you're moving into new markets especially inside of our turnkey business our wholesaling business you know what is our biggest challenges is i mean we're always improving data we're always improving our marketing we're always you know those i don't i wouldn't really call them challenges they're just the normal course of business right continuing to get marketing dialed in where sellers are responsive to you and new technology as it comes online, whether that is ringless voicemail or texting or, you know, Facebook messenger, WhatsApp. I mean, there's all kinds, there's always something around the corner where you can suddenly communicate with the customer differently. Staying ahead of that curve. Again, I wouldn't really call those challenges. I would just call them just the never ending cycle of the business. You got to stay out in front. As we like to say in my business, mediocrity is the enemy. So we try to really stay front facing on on the new opportunities as they come online. I, th- I think the real path to mastery, right? The, 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 the real way to really become the expert is to go from, you know, doing yourself, building the business and then, and then teaching, right. And coaching. Mm-hmm. And, and you've done that. What's that transition been like to, to go from the point of where you're not only able to build this amazing business, but now go out and teach other people how to do it. I think that 
when you start moving into a place where you're teaching somebody, it's uh, it's very challenging, at least for me personally. I know a lot of people go out there and they start teaching after they've done, you know, 12 deals, right? That was never me. I, you know, to use the same vocabulary used earlier, mastery is a big deal to me, right? I want, I, I want in no part of teaching somebody how to do something that I am not an expert at. Uh, I teach people how to wholesale, specifically how to do reverse wholesaling. I teach people how to scale businesses. I teach people how to uh, create leverage in their life, right? These are things that I've done. I, I have the experience. I have the wisdom. I have the insight. I got the scars that actually matter to prove it all. I think that as you start coaching people, I think it's really, really important that you have two things. One, that you have mastered the skills yourself. And that two, that you clearly understand as a coach that 90 percent, 90 percent of this in every business is what's going on in your student's mind right it, it, personal development mindset having the right attitude the right framing pre-framing uh, understanding persuasion and influence and under all, all of these things are some of the most important skills that any business owner could have understanding how to Break it all down and go and all right. If I'm an agent, how do I go in a listing appointment? If I'm a buyer's agent, you know, how do I, or if I'm a sell, if I'm a in wholesaling, how do I go and get a deal and flip a deal? My re Those are highly, highly tactical things, which you could easily argue are paid by numbers. There's a process for all of it. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. You could teach it to a 15 year old kid easily, but. If you don't have the right attitude, if you don't have the right mindset, if you're not in the game to win it, if you're not ready to get hit in the face hard and take those hits and keep going, none of it matters, period. And so I think as a coach, you have to get really clear on how to help your student get the best out of themselves. That transition is um, probably what I think you know, anybody that's trying to get into the game has to be prepared for. It is much more cerebral than it is tactical. Um, and I, I had, luckily, that, that played very well to my strengths. Uh, that comes very naturally to me. But, I've, but I know a lot of people that struggle out there and that doesn't come natural to them. It's not something that they are, they wanna get down into the highly, highly tactical stuff. And quite frankly, they're just teaching somebody um, a, a tactic that they'll never employ, right? Um, as, I, as I say all the time, you know, I would much rather have ignorance on fire than knowledge on ice. <laughs> we, we, we both know a lot of overeducated, broke people, but we also know a bunch of morons that have become unbelievably rich uh, because their mindset was right, their head was right, whatever was going, and they, you know, they'll go run through a wall and figure it out as they go, you know, they'll build the parachute on the way down. But it is not about knowledge. It is not about tactics. It's about drive, ambition, heart. And when you get that, when you understand that as a coach, you become a heck of a coach. Yeah, I, I agree. It really all comes down to, to execution and, and um, you know, no one's going to get it perfect the first time. And and really, the way to learn is, is to just go out and go out and do. And, That's exactly uh, right, man. That's exactly right.
Can't be afraid to get in the game and get it mixed up. I mean, nobody expects to learn how to play football or baseball or go become a boxer or an MMA fighter. You don't learn that by reading a book or watching videos online. You learn that by getting in there and quite literally doing it. And there's nobody in their right mind that would walk, a, walk onto a basketball court for the very first time and be upset if they didn't make every basket. I mean, you would look at them and say, are, are you insane? I mean, the best basketball players in the world don't make every basket, right? You got to take shots and you're going to miss and you're going to, you know, and, but I'm always shocked at how many people come into business and they watch a few videos, they listen to a few podcasts, they read a few books, they don't really expect to be in the game. And when they actually step foot on the court for the very first time, if they don't make 100% of their shots, they, then they beat themselves up or even worse, they turn around and look at a coach or look at a course and say, oh, this is a scam, this is BS, whatever the case. And it's just, that is, this is reality, ladies and gentlemen. This is business. And business is tough and it's brutal, but it is extremely rewarding. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, we always do the hyper fast round, by the way. I don't know if you've heard of this, but just some rapid fire questions and answers if you sure. are ready. Let's do it. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate investor? Go. Get in the game. Just to echo what we just said, go. Do not think about it. Go do something that scares you today. Go send a, a direct mail campaign to cash buyers. Go send a direct mail campaign to motivated sellers. Do, do, some, you know, do something today that scares you and keep doing it every day until you get your first deal across the line. All right, what about for experienced real estate investors? Biggest piece of advice for them? sit down and evaluate time, right? And understand, go calculate exactly how many days you have left on this planet. If you're a man, go subtract your age from 78. If you're a woman, go subtract your age from 82. Average American woman lives to 82. Average American man lives to 78. Go subtract your age and calculate how many years you have left. Go multiply that times 365 and go calculate how many days you have left on this planet. And I don't care who you are, that number's too small. And so when you sit around and talk to me or talk to friends or talk to other people about, you know, you're going to get to it next week, next year, next month, whatever the case may be, just remember that none of those days are promised. Get in a hurry to get to the good stuff. If your business is not on a trajectory that is going to create freedom for, for you in a very real way, then do something about it now. What, uh, what's been your biggest setback in business and how did you overcome it? I mean, undoubtedly losing everything I'd ever earned, right? I mean, I had built um, an empire by the time I was 30 years old and it was all, had all evaporated, millions and millions of dollars, not to mention self-worth, pride, ego, it had all just been crushed all the way down on top of me, like a 10-story building collapsing on one guy. That's what it felt like. That was a crushing, crushing, crushing defeat. I mean, I was suicidal at the time. I don't mind telling you. I mean, it was horrible. I would not wish it on my worst enemy. And the way I overcome was I took one day at a time. I mean, I basically, for one reason or another, never gave up. For one reason or another, kept looking for opportunity. One reason or another, found something uh, that I gravitated to. And then because I was just so desperate, and because my back was against the wall, I didn't have much choice but to make it work. And there's a lot to be said for that. When people give themselves an out, when people allow themselves to step back, when people allow themselves to go to plan B, I just don't believe in that. I do not believe in plan B because it diverts from plan A. Um, the plan plan A is I'm going that direction and I'm going to get it done. And I think that that really helped to uh, 
you know, kind of crystallized that thought process in my head that I didn't have any place to go. I only had one direction to go, and that was up. And so, therefore, I went. Uh, when you're not, uh, what, what would we find you doing when you're not working on your business or teaching other people? Um, definitely traveling or playing with my kids, my, my family, my wife. I mean, we are big about, you know, collecting moments, not collecting crap. So any moment that we can get to sneak away, uh, either as a couple or with our kids, we're all about it. It doesn't matter. And whatever it is, we're, we're always down. All right. Where do you see yourself in five years? Hopefully doing exactly what I'm doing today. I mean, I, I live a very, very fortunate life. I, I live in La Jolla, California. I live directly on the beach. Uh, I get to walk out and surf or see the surfers every single day. I get to walk to my office, which is about 500 yards away, or ride my skateboard to the office. I mean, I've designed a life that I'm extremely proud of and get the opportunity, the privilege of living every single day. Um, and so nothing would make me happier that, than to uh, continue to get the opportunity to do exactly what I do today, just do it in a bigger, more profound way. Awesome. It's always, always great to hear that. And it was great hearing, you know, you and your story today and, and just learning about this amazing business you have built before we sign off. Is there, is there a way if people want to contact you or, or um, yeah, no, check out what you do? What, what are, what are the, sure, best ways for sure. the easiest way to find me is on social Instagram. It's at Kent Clothier, Facebook, it's at Kent Clothier, uh, or just go to kentclothier.com. Uh, or if you want to visit one of our, you know, couple of our companies, you can go to reww.com, which is real estate worldwide, or reination.com. That's the easiest way to find me. All right, listeners, if, if you want to connect with Kent, uh, you, you heard it there, Instagram or, or kentclothier.com, or, um, or or check out, you know, his companies. He's doing amazing stuff in, in the real estate and coaching world. So thank you for being on the show, Kent. I really appreciate it. And uh, Loved, loved what you were able to share with our listeners today. You got it, brother. My pleasure. Let me know how I can help. Take care. All right. Thanks for joining us and thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.